Are y'all ready to get this started? Three, two, one. You're listening to Overtime. Play hard, game. Play hard but stay poor. Made by athletes for athletes. Let's be great. Let's be great. Presented by I Live for Football. What's up, guys? I'm Miles Nelson, joined in studio by the founder himself, Frank Kugel. And with us, as always, exactly 339 miles away, we have Tyler Webb. Gentlemen, how's it going? Things could not be better. Football is finally back, like the real football, actually. Well, at least if you're cheering for a good team. Uh, Miles, you know the Bears lost this weekend, which probably is just a normal Sunday for you. Um, but the Packers are 1-0 after winning. Uh, so my prediction to go 19-0 uh, is still valid, and I you know, fully believe it's going to happen, especially after how the defense played. So I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And for you that don't know, I Live for Football and Overtime are both founded out of Green Bay, Wisconsin. So we are all about the Packers Not and couldn't be happier about a Chicago Bear loss. A hundred percent. Yeah, well, you know, some of us are uh, actually true Wisconsin fans. So, uh, Miles, I have a question for you since you are not from a city with a good football team. Um, so your Chicago Bears this weekend almost beat the defending NFC champions, um, but they're also the team that's known for like the biggest choke in the history of ever. So you know, take it for what you want. But um, as a Bears fan, were you disappointed this weekend that you didn't win? And also, do you miss Jay Cutler? Okay, so I'm gonna have this talk, and <laughs> oh. I, I don't want to get too mad talking. So we're not gonna talk about Jay Cutler, okay? Because that will make me very angry and. I don't want to talk about that bad time in our history. The bringer of hurricanes. He brought uh, he brought a hurricane to Florida. He is like a bad vibe. He he everywhere he goes, destruction follows. Like I feel bad. For, obviously, like I'm not joking. Like the hurricane, but whatever. But like Miami's football team is they're going to lose. Yeah, the Dolphins are going to lose every game. I, I would not be surprised. Do the Bears do the Bears play the Dolphins this year? I don't believe so. I would say as a Bears fan for maybe. 60, 75% of the game, I had a smile on my face. As a Bears fan, I was happy because I got to see a lot of young talent, new talent, and then a defense that's been, we've been building up for, you know, however many years, finally healthy and come, it's all coming to fruition for the uh, defense. Yeah, and for being the Bears too. They played it okay for being the Bears. We we were one play from beating the NFC champs. Yeah, like you don't lose games by that much anymore. It's everything's finally falling into place. The worst series of plays. You actually like three plays because weren't there? There were like three drops at the end of the game, and then Mike Lennon got sacked, and then that was the end of the game. I think that would have been a pick. The most Chicago Bears style ending to a game ever in the history of the world. Anyways, back to my point. Try and defend my little Bears. All right. Yeah. So. We saw the defense play pretty good, and that was exciting. Akeem Hicks was a beast. Um, we saw Tariq Cohen, who's now my favorite player in the league. Uh, they were calling him the human joystick, which I'm sorry, Dante Hall. Dante Hall, a little disrespect to him, but he is now the human joystick. He had 113 yards, 12 uh, receptions, couple punt returns. He was weaving and flying, and he was a really good player. Fourth round pick out of uh, North Carolina A&T, like. Not a big school, but um, hey, hey, Miles, how about them Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers? <sighs> okay, let's do it. Yeah, I was getting a little bored too listening to talk about a, a bad football team. Let's talk about a great football team. Yeah, let's talk about a football team that uh, might have the best defense they've ever had in a really long time, and everybody knows okay, that. It's first of all one game. 
One game against, against a good team. Against, we played a, a better. Sorry, offensive line. Oh in my Seattle. gosh, a sorry offensive you, line. Are you, you think the offensive line in Seattle is anything to brag about? I'm not saying it's good, but I'm also not saying that we played like the uh, Chicago Bears our first game. So I think the fact that we had a pretty commanding win over Seattle. That offense, that that Seattle offense was worse than the Bears offense. Oh really? Is that is that this is that the claim you're making right now? That the Bears have a better offense than the Seahawks? No, no, not not in general, but last week. Last week. That's that's interesting because yes. I don't think that's true at all. You you really last week think the Seattle's Let's do a little match. Okay, so like you take like Mike Lennon, Russell Wilson, whoever the Okay, I'm not who, talking about whoever, matchups. Obviously, obviously well, that, I thought that, we are talking about matchups cuz you're trying to say their offense is better no, than the, the thing, Seahawks. No, the thing obviously Seattle has so much more talent. Russell Wilson So in you're my saying opinion, the offense is, is more better. talented but they're not better than the Bears. How, Put down the shovel. Yes. Last week. All right. Wow. Okay. Let me try to explain this to you guys so you understand. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I'd, love to, I'd love to listen. There's some bias in this room. It's really hard for us to understand about losing, so you might have to – we have the, um, re, the resident expert on time, sucking. All right, I'm not going to – I'm not even going <laughs> to – The last time we won a Super Bowl, more recently than you won a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, okay. When was the last time the Chicago Bears won a Super Bowl? 1985, the best team in history. They had the best defense in history, I remember. They had the best team in history. In the history of ever? Just – History, yeah, the history of NFL. Okay, five Bears were the best team in history. All right, I, I, don't, Anyways, I can't fact check that. Back, but back to my you. point about Seattle. Mm-hmm. Seattle's offense, obviously, talent wise, they're great. Yeah, Russell Wilson is a top three quarterback in my. Ooh, opinion. ooh, and, no, move. Twitter beef, not top three. No. Okay, we'll, That's get, later. we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, Seattle's offensive line is bad. It, there, there's no other way of wording it. They, they have a bad offensive line. The Packers took advantage of a bad offensive line, and that they looked good. I guarantee you against Atlanta, the same outcome is not going to – you are not going to see that defense ever again this season. What's your, what's your official prediction on the Atlanta-Green Bay game? Because I bet we do not agree. My official prediction, 34-28 yeah. Atlanta. Ooh, that's it. I mean, I, I agree with you to the point where – and I'll be curious to see what Frank has to say, but I'll, I, I do agree with you with the fact that I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout. I'm not sure the Packers' offense is going to – defense is going to hold quite like it did week one. But I think it would be like a – sort of like a 21-17. I think it's going to be close, but, I, I mean, obviously the Packers, I think, are going to pull out the dub. Frank, what do you, what's your prediction? No, no I, I definitely agree with you, Tyler. It's going to be a high-scoring game with yeah. you know, Matt Ryan and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, arguably 100%. two of the most – you know, highest scoring quarterbacks and both teams kind of had the similar situation in the past that their defense just don't perform. So they have to score every drive if they want to win the football game, which, right. you know, they both do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I think it's also going to be a showdown and I think it's going to be a really close game, but I believe Green Bay is going to come up on top. I mean, we got Martellus Bennett, Randall Cobb. Ty Randall Montgomery. Cobb turned I mean, it on last game. Our offense is just stacked. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I mean, you have a you have a score prediction. We're gonna we're gonna hold these up next week. <laughs> you know, I really just don't have a firm score prediction. I'm just gonna say it's gonna be a very close game within 14 points. Within 14 points? Okay, yeah, I respect that. I'm sticking um, by 34-28. So, Miles, who do the Bears play next week? The Bears play the Tampa. Ooh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, fresh off a hurricane. Ooh. Yes, sir. And then yeah, it's Mike Lennon's former team, so I think he's going to show up. So um, yeah, so there's a little bit of I I think it's interesting. I think I don't think the week one buy has ever been um has ever been used for a team. So there, ESPN has zero stats on what Tampa Bay is like off the bye week one. But um I think I think they're going to go one and off the bye week one. They're going to have the uh, the best record off of a, the best winning percentage off of a bye week um week one, which is going to be 100. percent 
ever. Yeah. I'm not going to give the Bears a big chance to win. I mean, I'm a Bears fan. Die hard. Will be till the day I die, unfortunately. Kevin White, when was the last time Kevin White played a football game? Like an actual full football game? Yeah, I think Kevin White and I have played the maybe, same amount of... Maybe college? The, yeah, I think we've played the same amount of total, like, full football games. Um, full NFL games? Yeah, get, yeah, me and Kevin White I mean, have. You know, I mean, it's... I feel bad for him. Obviously, injuries aren't a player's fault. Right. It's just unfortunate as a Bears fan to see our number one receiver. Again, I don't believe he should be a number one receiver, but he's already out for the season. That's the sadder part, is that he is your number one receiver. I think... Uh, it's kind of a double whammy, or a ra- or a, a <laughs> honestly, cop. honestly, I hate the Packers. I love Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson is really you know hardworking. Like when he came back from ACL, like I really respect that. So I, I like Jordy Nelson. I'll give you guys Jordy. Nelson. You could take some yeah. of the receivers that the Packers cut and put them on the Bears, and I think they would automatically be the best receiver on that. You team. could take you could take me. Ooh, and I'll go mm, on the Bears. And I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. For all of you listeners out there, <laughs> I, mean, I know this isn't a video show, but um, take my word for it. No, probably not. <laughs> so you do not want my <laughs> but maybe maybe at some point they will all right now for you guys we have a very exciting guest head coach of middle tennessee uh kind enough to join us on game week they actually play tyler's minnesota golden gophers this saturday coach rick stockstill uh thanks for joining us thank you my man i appreciate you having me on all right um can you just give a little uh little background information on yourself for the listeners that don't exactly know you know all about you quarterback at Florida State under Coach Bobby Bowden. I graduated there in 82, and I went straight into coaching from there. I I spent two years at Bethune-Cookman College, then four years at the University of Central Florida, then 14 years at Clemson, one year at East Carolina, then two years at South Carolina, one under Lou Holtz and one under Steve Spurrier, and then I got the head coaching job here in 2006, so this is my 12th season here at Middle Tennessee. Okay, wow, so that's a, yeah, a, a illustrious long career, um, I'd say, um, obviously, and so you've been a head coach, this is your first head coaching gig, right? Correct, yes, Okay. first time, yeah. Uh, you were um, a quarterback coach, right, and uh, a wide receiver coach, or what What? What other, uh, what were your specialty? Yeah, you know, I, my first job there at Bethune, I was the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator and then at central florida i was a wide receiver coach and then at clemson you know i had various titles there throughout that time i was a quarterback coach for five or six years and uh, i was co-offensive coordinator i was receiver coach Uh, i was a quarterback coach at east carolina and then i was the wide receiver coach one year at south carolina and the tight end coach one year at south carolina uh, so I've always been on I've always been on the offensive, offensive side, side of the ball. Okay, and I'm I'm assuming that you'd uh, you'd say that head coach has been the best for you so far, right? Yeah, you know I, I've enjoyed every stop that I've made, but um, you know it, it was one of my goals in this profession to to be a head coach, and I was fortunate enough to to get this opportunity, and and uh, so yeah, this has uh, been very enjoyable, very rewarding, and very challenging at the same time so uh, it's, uh, this has been a fun experience for me all right um so coach you know obviously you have a big game this week uh what do you do as a coach to get you guys ready for the game a few days leading up to kickoff you know not obviously you know you guys practice all week but what 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 do you tell the guys what's your uh, mentality that you try to give the team um, a couple days before kickoff you know the, the 
deal is um, it, it starts on Sunday after the last game, and it's a you know a slow build up you know throughout the course of the week, uh, and you just try to educate your players uh, you know not only on the game plan what you're going to do from an X and O standpoint, but just you know trying to motivate them you know, throughout the course of the week and uh, getting them ready for the challenge that's ahead. And, and, you know, each week is a different challenge with um, the opponents you're playing. You know, for us, we've started out with three straight Power 5 teams. So, you know, our back has been against the wall, you know, all three of these. And uh, so it's just a gradual build-up. You try to, uh, you know, build their confidence and, and motivate them that they're ready to go out and play on Saturdays. Okay, and so game day, you're in the locker room. What is your, what's your, what's the vibe that you try to set in the locker room? How how do you make sure these, like your team, all you know, the other coaches included. How do you make sure you guys are in the right, you know, mindset? How how what do you do as a coach to kind of enforce the right mindset? You know, that's a great question, and it goes back to kind of what I just said. I I, I believe that those rah-rah speeches are highly overrated. Yeah. If you have to, and my philosophy is if I have to give a speech, you know, a minute before they go out to play a game to get them excited to play, then I've done a bad job, you know, Sunday through Friday. And uh, so I think those are highly overrated that we just try, I try to stay calm and keep them calm and just give them a, you know, a few last minute reminders on how to play the game and what to expect and uh, from them who, who our opponent is and then, you know, what we need to do to be successful playing the game. Okay, yeah, I mean, I and I think, you know, the same thing, it's kind of for the younger guys, so the freshmen on your team, you know, do you have, do you have, um, would you say you have a lot of freshmen starting this year or how, how many freshmen do you got playing for you this year? Well, we've got probably five, I think it is five or six true freshmen that are playing. Uh, one is starting, uh, one plays a bunch in the defensive line. One's a linebacker, one's a, a running back and, and one's a receiver. So, you know, we've got, we've got guys playing at all the positions. Um, and, you know, the, you, you try to keep them calm and, you know, because they're excited to play because it's exactly. a lifelong dream to, exactly. to play college football. And, you know, that first time you go out there, uh, you know, they're jacked out of their mind, ready to go. And uh, so you just try to keep them calm and poised and, and, and try not to put too much on them, you know, where it's uh, – they can't go out and play. They're thinking too much. They can't react. Can't play fast. So I just try to keep them as as calm and poised. And, and again, you know, that's all built up, led up during the course of the week. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you know, speaking on young guys, because most of our listeners are high school players, and you know, young guys. What what are the main differences? You know, what are some differences that high school players can expect going into college football? Well, you know, just the just the time demands that, that's going to be placed on you. Um, you know, everybody thinks when you go to college, you're going to have all this free time. But as an athlete, especially a football player, you know, you don't have much time. And you're getting up at, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning. You're going to lift weights. You know, then you've got breakfast. Then you've got school. And then you come back over. And you're getting t- 
tape and you got an hour meeting, then you've got a two hour practice and you eat dinner, then you go to study hall and you get back to your room and it's, you know, nine o'clock at night, you know, so just being able to manage the time uh, demands of being a college athlete and then just the, you know, the, 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 the physicality of being a college football player, you know, you've got to do a great job of taking care of your body and getting your rest and getting treatment, stretching and eating right, and hydrating right, doing all those things to take care of your body because the high school kid is now going against bigger and faster players exactly. than he ever has. He's 18 years old going against 16, 17, 18-year-old guys. Now he's 18 going against 22, 23-year-old men. You go, yeah, he goes against – it's boys to men. Um, so it's yes. a big jump, obviously. How how much time if if that was if I was you know a recruit coming in how much time do you would you tell me that I have to put per let's just say per week towards football in, in when you're a college athlete or yeah yeah college so say yeah if I, if I'm a come, incoming freshman and you know off do off season and in season how much time per week am I gonna have to put towards the sport. Well, you know, you're, you're limited NCAA rule-wise that, that we cannot uh, have anything mandatory more than 20 hours a week, and that's counting three hours of a game. So there's 17 hours not counting a game, and that includes lifting weights, your meetings, and your practices. Uh, and you're going to get one day off a week where there's no – meetings, no football, no waste, you know, it's a complete day off. And for us, that's Monday. Their day off is Monday. So, uh, you know, so it's, you know, the time factor is not too bad uh, from that standpoint. But when you throw in, uh, you know, school and study hall and, you know, if you get hurt, now you got to get treatment. So, uh, you know, and again, so I always say that if, you know, the great ones, you know, they're going to come up and they're going to spend a lot of time on their own. They're going to come up and watch film and study and meet with their coaches on their own because that's what the great ones do. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like that answer a lot. And I, we talked to, uh, last week we had uh, Lord Quincy who played at the University of Texas and he kind of told us, you know, you put in – you. If you put in more work than the coaches tell you, you're going to become a better player. And and I I mean I we couldn't agree with that more. Obviously, you, you the amount of work you put in is the amount of talent that you're going to get. Um, and I think that's a you know really good thing to have a coach say that. Um, so I'm assuming that you've obviously been on a lot of recruitment trips and you've had to recruit got kids to come play for you. Can you tell listeners that are ready to be experienced recruitment trips what coaches look for besides this, their football skill? Yeah, you know, I, I tell our all our coaches, and even when I was an assistant, you know, this is the one question that I always ask and always try to find out. And it's what I do here. I, I said I don't I don't want to recruit anybody. I don't care how good they are if they don't love football. And uh, that's the first thing I try to find out. The first thing I ask, you know, the athletes. The first thing I ask is coaches, is counselors, because you think about it. You know, if I'm a basketball player. You know, I'm practicing, I'm shooting in a gym, you know, in shorts and a t-shirt. If I'm a baseball player, you know, I'm out and 
outfield shagging balls, throwing it in. You know, that that's fun, okay? Football practice is not fun. You're going to run your 300-pound body into another man's 300-pound body or 200-pound body into another man's 200-pound. That's not fun. And you got to love doing that. And you've got to be obsessed with being great. You've got to be obsessed with being the best there is. And you have to you have to love this game because it's it's year round. You're going to practice. You're, you're going to practice. You're going to lift weights. You're going to run in the summer probably 330 days of the year. You may get 30 days off all for the opportunity to play 12 games. So when you think about that, you're going to practice a heck of a lot more than you're ever going to play. So you better love this game because if you don't, it'll spit you out sideways. How do you, so if you were, how quickly can you find that out about someone? You know, is it, do you ask questions? Is it just the way they talk about the game? How, how do you find that out about a player? Well, I think it starts out by you watching them practice. You watch them on film. You watch how hard they play. Uh, you ask the questions, you find out, you know, how they handle adversity, you know, uh, how, how they deal. Do, do they get over a loss by the time they get out of the locker room? Uh, or does that loss sit in their gut for another, you know, three or four or five days, you know, and can't wait to get that taste out of their mouth? Yeah. You know, uh, you know, is it is it they get hurt or do they make excuses about that or are they trying to do everything they can to get back on the field as fast as they can you know so there's a lot of things you look at uh, you know but that that's the first thing i ask you know uh, about a player and then you know then you try to find out about his leadership abilities that's important to me and you know obviously his character what kind of person he is but you know i think all that goes into play with you know, if, if you love the game, you're usually a pretty good leader. If you love the game, you've usually got pretty good character. So I like to say all the time, too, that you got to win off the field before you can win on the field. And I think all that plays into part of what kind of pers- person you're going to recruit. Okay. Um, so I, I think a lot of kids, you know, think if I, I, I skill, I mean, Kids are like they have skill. I mean, no doubt, but and they think that that can get them to play college football. So I think it's good to have, you know, a, a head coach explain, like you are right now, saying, you know, you need to have leadership and a head on above your shoulders. You can't just have, you know, this athletic body. Um, I think kids will appreciate that. You know, and, I, and I'll say this too, not to cut you off. Very funny. You usually the things that make a person successful, an athlete successful, are the things that you can't measure. And you think about that, you can't, you know, measure how much heart a guy has, how hard he plays. You can't measure, you know, his leadership ability. You can't measure, you know, his toughness. And all those things uh, that have nothing to do with how fast you are, how strong you are, how far you can throw a ball. It's the things that you can't measure that usually lead to a person being successful or not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, honestly, that that right there, I think a lot of kids listening will appreciate because that's the kind of stuff, you know, if it, recruits look for that. Um, so I appreciate that. And another more question kind of on high school players going to the next level is what advice would you give high school players who, who want to play college ball? If, is there something that early high school kids, like, you know, freshmen, sophomores, that they could put in their 
football training that you think will help them advance to the next level? Well, you know, every, every high school kid right now has dreams and aspirations of playing Division One football. And there's a heck of a lot more high school football players than there is Division One scholarships available. So not everybody can play Division One, and that's and that's okay. But there's a, if you love the game and you want to play, there's a place, there's a level for you. So I would encourage everybody if you want to play, go play. It doesn't matter if you're at Florida State or Middle Tennessee State or you know what you might call it State. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, if you want to play, find find a place to play. And, and the recruiting process has sped up so much here um, the last 10 years. It's, it's really almost not fair, especially for football players, because, you know, your body's going to be different at 16 years old than it's going to be when it's 18 years old. But, uh, you know, I would encourage them to go to the, the one-day camps that all the colleges have. Don't go to these overnight three- and four-day camps that cost two and three, four hundred dollars. All that is is waste of money, and that's a babysitting camp. Go to as many one-day camps as you can to be seen, uh, you know, with Huddle and YouTube now that they can get their film out. And, and they've got to be a little bit, you know, proactive themselves and, uh, you know, get the tape out. I, you know, people, I, I get tapes from guys when they're a freshman and, 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 and I just really throw it away, to be honest with you, because, you know, they're 14 years old yeah. and they're going to be a heck of a lot better when they're 17 or 18. So, but, you know, going into their junior year, uh, you know, I'd, I'd send a little bit of a highlight tape out after their junior year, send the highlight tape out to whatever schools you're interested in and, and go to as many camps. And, and your lifelong dream may, you know, be, I want to go to Florida State and I'm a offensive lineman and I'm 6'2 and I'm 210 pounds. Well, Florida State isn't going to sign you because you're not big enough. So, you know, be realistic with yourself and, you know, know your you know, your skill set, your level of play. And if I'm a lineman and I'm only 215 pounds, you know, start looking at the Division II schools or the 1AA schools that, you know, that you've got a chance to play at that level more so than you do at the Division One level. All right, Coach. So before we wrap things up, I just want to ask one more question. Um, it's a personal question, and it might be hard to answer. Um, in your opinion, what's your greatest accomplishment as a coach? My greatest accomplishment as a coach, you know, I've had a lot of great wins, but probably the biggest thing I'm most proud of is the impact that I've had on the players that I've coached after football. You know, whether I'm the head coach here when I was assistant for all those years, I've maintained contact with every player I've ever coached or recruited. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm proud of the – men, the fathers, the husbands that they've become. Uh, and I think a little small part of it, uh, where I had a little small small part to do with the success that they've had. So, yeah, you want to win. I want to win every game. Uh, but to me, my greater joy is seeing guys become good husbands, good fathers, and 
good people and, you know, are successful and can, you know, provide for their family. Alrighty, Coach. Well, I just want to thank you again, you know, for coming out and taking time and sharing your thoughts and knowledge. Uh, it was a great interview, uh, and I want to wish you luck this upcoming Saturday. Good deal. I appreciate it, my man. And anytime you want to have me on, I'd be glad to talk to you. For sure. For sure. All right. Take it easy. All right, bud. Okay, so as you guys may have seen on Twitter this week, we want to hear how you're doing this season. We asked you to submit the stat line from your most recent game, and our team went through and picked the person who balled out the most. So this week's Overtime Player of the Week is Joe Mueller. Joe went for 161 yards and three touchdowns on just nine carries last week. For those of you keeping track, that's over 17 yards per carry, which is absolutely ridiculous. You guys should go follow him on Twitter and huddle at Joe underscore Mueller. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R 14. And stay tuned to I Live for Football for your chance to enter next week to become our Overtime Player of the Week. Awesome. Yeah, that was great. That was really uh, congrats to Joe, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, tune in next week and uh, maybe see yourself there too. Absolutely. All right, guys. So last week we proposed a question for our Twitter beef of the week, and it failed. <laughs> we asked if uh, Zeke should be suspended for week one. For those of you who know, Zeke played week one, and he's most likely going to play every week this season. So that question is 100% irrelevant. <laughs> We're going to try again. <laughs> so this week's Twitter beef question, which is more open for a debate, and I think this will do better, is who is the top team in the NFL right now? And I know, Frank, you definitely have a take on this. So in your opinion, who is the top team? I mean, hands down. Ooh. I'm sorry, but I have to say it, Miles. Oh, here we go. The okay. Green Bay Packers. Ooh, who saw it coming? Aaron Rodgers and company. <laughs> okay. You think that okay? The, you know, Tyler, the Green Bay be, Packers are up. so stacked and so phenomenal. We are going to the Super Bowl this year, and we are going to kick the Bears' ass. Who are you, you going to play in the Super Bowl? The Patriots. Ooh, yeah, popular opinion. It's going to. And you think it's going to be Packers? Pack, Packers, Patriots. Okay, I'm going to go. Tyler, before I before I <laughs> score, give me your give me your opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go devil ad, devil's advocate here, and I think. Uh, like, in my heart, like, deepest hearts of hearts, I, I know and I think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers. Um, but for the sake of uh, embracing debate a little bit, I think the uh, the Patriots are still the best team uh, in in the NFL. And I, no, I know, yeah, and I think, no, I think it's, it's no. absolutely ridiculous. And I think they, like, they lost Wait, week one. the same team that just lost It is the same team. It is the same team. Kansas City, Alex Smith. Fun fact, for all, my, for all my Patriots fans out there, um, every time the uh, the past couple times that the Patriots won the Super Bowl, they also started the year off 0-1. So okay, I'm, not not saying, I'm not saying that I'm rooting for the Patriots by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not saying, you know, that the Packers are not as good because I, I do think they are. But if you look at the Patriots, and I have to be honest with myself, and I think all the Packer fans and all the, you know, Seahawks, Atlanta, all the Chiefs fans, I think you have to be honest that that receiving core is – Still deadly, even though they lost Julian Edelman, um, they they lost Malcolm Mitchell. I think they're still absolutely deadly. That defense, I think everybody forgets that they added Stephon Gilmore. Um, they're all they've always been solid on the defensive line and in their linebacking core. Um, their secondary is still, I think, really top notch. And I think that with Tom Brady, he's he didn't look as young as mobile, but I think that but he looked forty. Right, he looked forty. But I think that they have a system that. I think Miles, you were saying earlier that you could play for the ba- that you could play for the Bears. I think 
they have a system where I think they could maybe throw Miles Miles Nelson in at quarterback, and if you just did little dump off passes to all their like five ten white wide receivers, I think that you could probably legitimately go five hundred in that system. So I think that the Patriots organization is set up to, set up to succeed uh, in general, and I, it really pains me to say it, Frank, and I'm not saying that I don't agree with you. Um, but I do think that there is definitely a little bit to the Patriots still being the best team in the league. I think it was just maybe a little week one, little week one nerves. I think uh, I think they got a little uh, caught up in the hype maybe a little bit, even though it is a Bill Belichick coach team. I thought that maybe they uh, they're a little overconfident going into the game, but I think they'll turn it around. Um, and I would I'd love to see the Patriots and Packers play in the Super Bowl because I think that might be one of the uh, one of the uh, Super Bowl for probably the century. I think it'd be a great one to watch. So Miles, what do you? What do you think? Who do you think is the best team in the league right now? And I swear to God, if you say the Chicago Bears, I am uh, I'm okay, quitting. Obviously, I'm not going to say the Chicago Bears. Good call. I mean, top three. Probably. Ooh, wow. Oh, no. 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 Next, next, week's, next week's Twitter beef. Twitter beef. Next week? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so, no, the Packers are not the best team in the NFL. I'm sorry, Frank, they're not. They, their defense is not going to be the kind of defense they were last Sunday and that's going to hold them down. I mean, I think they're top five. Top five? My not... God. Wait, so you're saying the Bears are ranked higher than the Packers? No. Because you said the Bears are top five. I think it was a joke. The Packers are top in five. Sarcasm. In my heart. <laughs> Sarcasm. Okay, in so my, this, it, no. this isn't a who's not the best. It's who is the best. So who's your number one team? Yes, who's your number one team, Miles? Right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. The Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. The, the Dallas Cowboys I don't hate right that pick. now. I don't hate that pick. They're the best team in the league. Mm. And I'm not saying they're going to be the best team week 16. Right. And they're not going to be the best. Yeah, I'm not saying they're going to be the best team next week. But right now, the game they played last week, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That offense, it, it's amazing. Yeah. The, you know. Do you, think, do you think it has anything to do with the fact that the Giants might not be very good this year? And I've, I've seen a lot. The Giants, in my opinion, have the best defense in the league. That's interesting. And they crushed them. Oof. Zeke ran all over them. Yeah. I mean, they, he's running, I mean, he's running away from the law he, right now. Yeah, right. yeah. He's, he's like, look at this, Roger Goodell. I'm playing. He's just gonna keep going. Yeah, um, I think he's gonna have a huge season because of. The, I, I mean, it's the same thing with kind of Tom Brady last year, who you know he suspended and they came back and just balled. I think that what Zeke's gonna do this year. Um, I mean, I think you're just forgetting Dak Prescott's a really good quarterback. I agree. Dak yeah. Prescott he really is. I think what Dak Prescott showed last week is that he is for real. Like he's not just like this rookie who comes in and because the Cowboys system is it's generally if. For a quarterback like him, like he doesn't have to make these long throws. He doesn't right. have the best arm. Mm-hmm. But he came in, and I think he showed that he could understand the full playbook. He came. He was calling so many audibles last week. He looked comfortable. He looked he looked like a leader. I mean, he's a leader. I think he's one of the best leaders in his young age. He's, what, 23, 24? Yeah. I just – I love this Dallas Cowboys team. Um, they're my pick to go to the Super Bowl. Ooh, interesting. I think it's – I think I think they're gonna beat the Packers. Ooh, NFC Championship last year. Yeah, yes, sir. And I think I that's my that's my pick right now. It might change later on. Okay, but right now I respect that. I the Dallas Cowboys. We might come back to it, but for you guys that are listening, we want you to go to I Live for Football on Twitter. We're gonna have a uh, graphic posted with the question: Who do you think is the top team in the NFL right now? And we want to hear your replies. 
on a thread underneath that tweet. We're going to go look through them. We might respond to some of them, and we're going to pick the next one to feature and shout out on next week's show. So you guys go let us know on I Live for Football on Twitter who is the top team in the NFL right now. All right, guys, that was our show. We really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you like what we did or just absolutely freaking hate what we did, make sure to DM us either way, and we'll guarantee that we'll respond to you. We want to hear what you have to say. Help us make the show better if we can. Make sure to follow us online everywhere at ILFF Podcast and at I Live for Football, of course, to stay in the loop and not miss out on being featured on the page on I Live for Football, on the podcast page, or on the show. I want to thank you all again so much for listening. Tune in next week for our brand new episode of Overtime, brought to you, as always, by I Live for Football.